So we're into the Christmas season, aren't we? December. Or is it September when the cards come out? Or is it October when the tinsels and other decorations start being advertised? Or, when, or in November when John Lewis, um, John Lewis uh, starts their advertisement or their major commercial. This year's with Elton John, isn't it? All very fascinating. Um, so Jesus came, and there's hardly anything about Jesus in, in some of these advertisements. Um, no surprise there, is it? But December kicks off, for me anyway, the, the Christmas season. And one of the things I do love about Christmas is, is not necessarily just the gift of, of, of the physical things. There's a little bit of feedback here. It's, um, not just about the gifts of the physical things, but also the gift of time. Gift of time just to spend with my friends and family um, and loved ones. And we spend a lot of time in our household over Christmas and over holiday time, just, just spending time on Skype or FaceTime. Most, most of our friends are scattered all across the planet. I guess, in a sense, being Jamaicans, we, you know, we have a lot of friends in the Caribbean, but also all over the world. But one of the things I find very, very fascinating is how much I love spend, spending time playing games and board games or Xbox and all that stuff. And I've never really bought into the whole idea of um, letting children win, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm a little bit competitive. Actually, I'm very competitive, and I like to win. And from a very early stage, I remember um, Christine used to encourage me, no, Teddy, just, no, but just let him win. Just let Matthew win. He was only about seven or eight at the time. I said, no, 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 no. Very, very soon, he started thrashing me, and he started showing off. And truth be told, about a couple of weeks ago, um, Matthew is now about 14, and we're playing FIFA on the Xbox, and he was just thrashing me. And 2-0, 3-0 up. Come on, look at that goal. Isn't that great? Come on. I'm like, dude, just chill. When you were eight, I, I wasn't showing off like you, all right? Just chill, just take it easy on me. But it's a fascinating time of year, playing games and spending time with family. And, and there are high expectations for many people anyway um, for a cozy and festive time of year. But for many, as we know, this time of year is a difficult time for many people, filled with sadness or anxiety or depression. And of course, we know that healing, whether through prayer or through medical assistance, really helps with things like major depression, big things. You have, you know, severe anxiety disorders or whatever it is. We know that prayer can help with that, and, and, and GPs and professional counselors. But what about those who are just feeling just a little bit down, or just going through a little bit of a rough patch at work, um, or just feeling a little, bit, a little bit overwhelmed with circumstances, or just missing a loved one over this time? I used to think that the life was filled with hills and valleys, separate. We always have hills and valleys separately. We're faced with good times and we're faced with bad times. Never the two shall mix. But that's not really how life is, is it? There's no time in your life 
when everything is good or when everything is bad. No matter how good your life seems, you always have something to work on. And no matter how bad your life seems, you always have something to thank God for. The title of my talk this evening is about the power of gratitude. And it was a wonderful time of sharing earlier, wasn't it? A time of testimony. It's a time of just giving God thanks. The word gratitude is derived from the Latin word gratus, which means thankful or pleasing. And we know that gratitude is really just a thankful appreciation for what someone receives or will receive, according to my own dictionary, whether tangible or intangible. And the Bible has hundreds of references to words like thanks or give thanks or thankful or thankfulness. And it's a main theme throughout Scripture that we are called to give thanks throughout all circumstances. Not if we're going through a good time or if we're going through a bad time or a bad patch, but throughout all circumstances. And I just want to break it up into just three different timescales for us this evening. We can be grateful for the past, which we know all about. Be grateful for the present, which many of us know about as well. But also being grateful for the future. So let's start off then with gratitude for the past. Luke 17, verses 11 to 19 says, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he, was, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, weren't all ten men cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. I could spend the next two or three hours just kind of unpacking these nine verses about how Jesus accepted a foreigner, an outsider, and what that meant, and what leprosy actually meant, and how these guys had to stay by themselves, away from the rest of the community. And, and so whether they were Jewish or Samaritans, they found some commonality together. But really, I just want to focus on saying thank you. It's a very, very simple thing, but it's terribly complicated. Or least I think a lot of us make it that way. Basic manners, basic, basic manners. We teach our children this, don't we? So that by the time they grow up, it is ingrained into them that they say thank you, irrespective of the circumstances. Whatever they get, say thank you, always. But it's so very easy to forget to thank the most important person of the universe, God, our Heavenly Father, the person who created us, the person who created all of the circumstances around us. So easy to forget that. He's been so 
good to us. How often do we say thanks? Jesus' feelings were hurt. I healed you, yeah, but what about the other nine guys? Weren't they healed as well? Are we like a Samaritan leper? Or are we like the nine Jewish lepers who completely forgot to say thanks? And it doesn't say it here in the scripture, but I can easily deduce throughout the rest of scripture that when you say thanks, and I'm sure that this Samaritan guy had a, got a special blessing when he went back to Jesus and said thanks. Of course, we can thank God for answered prayer, what he has done directly or indirectly. Psalm 105, verse 1 says, Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done. And that's giving testimony, isn't it? And also the sharing with everyone around us the good things, the great things that God has done. The first verse of Psalms 106 and 107 say, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his love endures forever. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 15. It's amazing. Thank God for his indescribable gift of abundant grace and salvation. And we'll have a wonderful opportunity later on to thank God as well over communion. For his, for his salvation, for his work on the cross, and the benefits that that brought to us. But it's also backed up with research. But we don't also, don't just need to thank God, but also to thank people. It's obvious, isn't it? A famous psychologist, though, Dr. Robert Emmons of the University of California, rediscovered the importance of being thankful. His work, dating from 2003, showed that being grateful can increase perceived happiness by as much as 25%. And since then, there have been countless research studies on the subject of gratitude, all of which conclude that grateful people experience higher levels of joy, enthusiasm, love, friendships, health benefits, and so on. You see, the thing is, when you are thankful to other people, it is completely impossible to still be envious of them and to hate them and to want to malice them. Try it. Actually, don't try it. <laughs> you can't thank people and be envious at the same time. There's a story about this woman, Janice Kaplan, an American novelist and TV producer. She did also another study back in 2015, surveyed thousands of people, and showed that there was this alarming gap, particularly in the US, but also here in the UK. There's an alarming gratitude gap. 94% of those surveyed agreed that grateful people lead more fulfilled lives. Yet less than half of them expressed any kind of gratitude on a regular basis. We're far more likely to say thank you to the person serving us in a cafe than to thank the person who we love the most, whether it's our spouse or a close friend or a neighbor. I remember um, when I was growing up, and not so long ago now, I was studying in my GCEs, and I was in fourth form, and 
as doing really, really well at, in languages, Spanish and French, horrible at everything else, but Spanish and French I was doing really good at. And, and I thought I was going to become a translator. You know, I was going to traipse behind a lot of dignitaries, you know, when they go to the UN in New York and all that kind of stuff. And I hadn't stepped in an airplane when I was a teenager, at that time anyway. And so I thought this was my free ticket to travel the world. It was going to be great. And I, at the same time, I, um, a, friend, a French teacher came to the college that I was at, and he had just immigrated or emigrated to, to Jamaica from, from Belgium. And he wasn't a very, very nice guy. And he had a very prickly personality. And, and he basically said that you have to buy this very, very expensive French book in order to, to stay in his class. And unfortunately, my mother couldn't afford the book. And I got kicked out of French class because, of, because we were kind of too poor at the time. It's very fascinating now, looking back at it. And I didn't do anything at all about it, sadly. And, um, and it made me kind of forget all about my love for French, but also about Spanish. It just had uh, a wide-ranging impact on my future career at the time. And at the very same time in fourth form, I had an absolutely brilliant math teacher. He just made math look so easy, so straightforward all the complicated calculus and differential equations and all that kind of stuff that I, that I did back then, I still remember to this day, almost 30 or, or, or more years, years later. And just a couple of years ago, the same guy, Mr. Smith, my math teacher, I remembered I haven't actually said thank you to this guy. And he spent time with me and all that stuff. Anyway, long story short, they were doing a thing on, on Facebook for him and I just read, wrote a very nice, long, long message of thank you to him. And he was so grateful. And it opened the doors for many other guys to actually say, thank you, Mr. Smith. You are a great math teacher. It's just basic, simple things, isn't it? So such a very simple thing. Of course, we can talk about the amazing thing and the power that teachers have on children's lives. Um, but just remembering, just to say thanks, and I know it's basic, and I know it's a very simple message here this evening, but it is so important to do that. There's also another study um, talking about the high suicide rates in teenagers, both here in the UK, but also right across the world. The stress of, of, of studying and the stress of social media and so many other things. And one of the things that came out of it was that a lot of these guys just need to be appreciated. A lot of the mental illness um, challenges that they are facing, they just need to be appreciated. They just need to know that they're loved and cared for. So we thank God for the past. We thank people for the past as well. But what about the gratitude, expressing gratitude for the present? The Donald story, when I arrived here in England 22 years ago, one of the first things that I realized was that the British are a set of moaners. <laughs> Complain about everything. <laughs> and I've actually caught on as well, sadly. But, um, you know, and everything, of course, is centered around the weather, isn't it? And the season. If it's spring, oh, my allergies, ah, oh, 
my allergies and all that stuff, and the sunshine is so bright in my eyes. <coughs> and over, over, if it's summer, you know, it's, oh, it's so hot. It's so hot, isn't it? It's 26 degrees. It's so hot. <laughs> Come on, seriously. Or if it's autumn, you know, it's, it's always so dark and, and gloomy. Why are you here? Why do you, why, why do you leave sunny Jamaica to come here? So dark and wet and windy. And of course, if it's, you know, winter, it's, oh, it's so cold, isn't it? So cold, isn't it? Like, seriously, we always find something to complain about. Of course, I wouldn't even bother to talk about first world problems. You know, I, I remember reading this article about this guy who forgot his Rolex at home. You know, oh, gosh, disaster. Disaster, I left my Rolex at home. <laughs> really, seriously, you know. Um, but it's so fascinating how easy it is to complain. But the, one of the things that I found is that whatever you focus on increases in size. Whatever it is that you're going through, whatever problems you face, whether it's wetness or windiness or whatever it is, we can so easily focus on it and moan and complain about it. And if you focus on your problems, they become bigger. If you focus on your blessings, likewise, they become bigger as well. Ungrateful people tend to be very unhappy people. Nothing ever satisfies them. They never have enough. They're always complaining about something, about the weather, not having enough money, or, oh, I sprained my finger, oh, gosh, it's the end of the world. I'm like, really? I have some sympathy for you, but really, seriously? And sometimes, even us as Christians, even we as Christians, have this if-then mentality. If God answers my prayer, then I'll do this. If God does this, then I'll be thankful. If my wife or my husband does that or whatever, then I'll be gracious to them or I'll, I'll be happy. If this, then. If, then. If, then, Christians. First Thessalonians verses five, chapter 5, verses 16 to, to 18. We all know these, these two, uh, three verses. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Amen? All circumstances, no matter what it is that we're going through. Of course, it's not saying give thanks for the circumstances. But whilst you're going through, whatever it is that you're going through in the good times, the indifferent times or the bad times. Give thanks to God in everything. I'm not trying to trivialize things, but, you know, putting things into perspective sometimes really, really does help. I remember there was once on the news, I um, can't remember exactly the detail, but at the office someone was complaining about the coffee or the quality of the coffee in one of the coffee machines. And at the same time, five minutes just before that, there was something in the news about, you know, 200 people dying in, in, in the Middle East or something like that. You know, I mean, come on, put things into perspective. But I'm not trivializing a lot of the stuff that we 
as Christians or as just human beings go through. But the Bible reminds us, no matter what it is that we're going through, irrespective of our circumstances, to have an attitude of gratitude. Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7, a very, very famous um, passage of Scripture. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And what are the benefits of that? The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So if we have an attitude of gratitude, God has promised peace, peace of minds, no longer any sleepless nights. We don't have to be anxious about anything. You see, gratefulness shifts your focus away from your problems and towards everything that is good. So thank him for what he is doing. Thank him for the present. I also remembered a few years ago, ago someone reminded me that it's not just good enough to thank God for what he has given you, but to thank him for who he is. Revelation 11, verse 17 who is God? He is king. He reigns on the throne. He sits on his throne. We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was, because you have taken your great power and have begun to reign. Psalm 28, verse 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and I am helped. My heart leaps for joy, and I will give thanks to him in song. Whatever our circumstances, God has promised less anxiety, less stress, less sleepless nights, fewer sleepless nights, longer lives, happiness. What's not to like? It's so easy to say it and much more difficult to actually do it. Thank God, thank people for the past and for the present. But what about the future? Joshua 1, verses 1 to 3. Actually, the first nine verses, we've been focusing on this, and we received this word from many of us um, in the church here. And a, a few weeks ago, um, a few of us, part of leadership, we, were, we, had, an, we had a vision, a way day. And this, these verses came up again and again and again. And it's a very popular part of scripture. Be strong and courageous. After the death of Moses, we all know this, this passage. God spoke to Joshua and said, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. And then later on, it reminds us in verse 9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And Bernard reminded us, actually, those two words, now then. It's a now moment. God, you know, Moses didn't see the promised land. 
But God made him all these promises, and your territory will be expanded from the desert to Lebanon, to Lebanon, and from the great river to the Euphrates, and all the Hittite country, and all the Mediterranean Sea. God made all those promises, and Moses was like, okay, fine, I'll, I'll, I'll walk with these people, and I'll lead them, and, and that's okay. But Moses kept on praising God. He never once doubted. Never once doubted. And kept on thanking God for the promised land. And even though he didn't see it, sadly, of course we know that Joshua did and, and, and the rest of the Israelites did as well. But now then, so rather than being an if-then Christian, we need to be now-then Christians. Now then, I will trust you, Lord. Now then, I will believe in your promises. So rather than keep on repeating our prayers, you know, I mean, and I know there, there is a, there's a time and place for repetitive prayer. And we say something once, and then we say it again, and we ask God again. But do you say the same prayer all the time? And sometimes I just think that we just need to just take a pause and stand back and say, God, you've already promised to me that you're going to answer my prayer. So I'm just going to trust in you. I'm just going to thank you in advance for that answered prayer. It's a step of faith, isn't it? It's a huge step of faith. We need to be now then Christians. Now then, get up and hold on to God's promises. Now then, now then. Not if you do this, God, then I'll do that. Now then, I will walk in your promises. Now then, I'm going to thank you now then, I'm going to thank you for tomorrow, God. You are here with me. Now then. Now then. We know in Hebrews 11, God commands us to have faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. So let's have faith. Easy peasy, isn't it? <laughs> let's have faith. And we're going to come on to communion a little bit later on. We have a great opportunity just to express our gratitude to God the Father for what he has done on the cross. But can I just leave with you a few practical things that we could do in expressing um, thanks and expressing our gratitude and just see the wonderful benefits that it will um, it'll bring. Just five things. First of all, pray. Reflect and keep track of answered prayer and thank God and be a now then Christian. Now then, Lord. Thank you for your answered prayer. Now then, Lord, irrespective of my circumstances, I'm going to praise you and I'm going to thank you. <coughs> Second thing, say thanks to someone you love. No matter how simple it is. When was the last time you thanked your spouse or your child or anyone close to you? 
Third thing, keep a gratitude journal. Say thanks for the simple things. Five years ago, I, I started a gratitude journal, and I was looking back at it uh, a couple of days ago. About 15 to 20 things on there that I was able to thank God for. And I was going through a very, very rough patch at the time. We can easily find something to thank God for. And those didn't include the fact I was able to wake up <laughs> and have breakfast and have a meal and I had a job and all that kind of wonderful thing. And I had children who loved me. Well, I, at the time anyway. <laughs> um, but we can find so many things to thank God for. I encourage you, if you haven't started it yet, start a gratitude journal. That's number three. Number four, share your testimony at church. Make known among the nations what God has done. Simple. I know it can be a little bit daunting sometimes to come up to the front. It doesn't matter. Stay where you are. Or in your small group. It doesn't have to be at the front of church or whatever. But just share your testimony. God has done something for you. And also, finally, the fifth one, be generous. Straight throughout the New Testament, Paul, in his letters to the Thessalonians, Philippians, and Corinthians, he said, your generosity of time, your possessions, and everything is a thank you offering to God. Let's be generous with our time, whether it's through volunteering or just helping someone who is struggling. Pray, say thanks to someone you love, keep a gratitude journal, share your testimony, and be generous. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, that you're calling us to be different, not to keep on doing the same old thing and expect something different. We thank you, Father, for who you are and for, for the plethora of different things that you've done in our own lives. You are an amazing God. So, Father, we thank you now. Bless this time as we come to communion in a few moments. Thank you, Lord, for the worship. And I pray, Lord, just for an extra dose of your encouragement. Whoever is here, Lord, going through a rough patch, difficult circumstances, or great times, irrespective of whatever it is, Lord, that we're going through, we thank you, Father. And thank you for their own lives. And I pray, Lord, for an extra dose of strength, an extra dose, dose of faith, an extra dose of encouragement. And they won't give up on you, O oh Lord, because you, you are ever faithful, ever sure. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.